Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joe Mulwine, and this is episode 69, Socks Yeah, an interview with Rachel Cooping. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shiny Bees podcast. I hope you're all well since last time I spoke to you and that you're all having a lovely knitty time in the past week or so. I've been doing a little bit of knitting myself, even if I do say so myself, and enjoying some, some fair isle. I know, check my bad self out. So... Things are progressing well. Shiny HQ, shiny heights as we call it. Currently what we call shiny heights wants to move because we won't be on top of a hill anymore. And only a week to go until we move. It's all getting a little bit exciting now, shall we say. But I'm sure it will be fine. I'm a little bit less excited about doing a 400 mile drive on my own with two dogs and two kids. But you know, won't be the first time I've done it. And uh, I'm sure Peppa Pig and her merry band of crazy cartoon pals will keep them suitably entertained as will a couple of hours off lead <laughs> in the soft play halfway down I think uh, should be should be the key to success so what have you been up to thank you for getting in touch all of those you have got in touch with me since the last episode I love to hear from you as always and if you have sent in any questions for Alice from Whistlebear to answer. She's going to be answering them this week, so you need to be sharp. It's tomorrow night, I think. Yes, tomorrow tomorrow evening she's going to answer all of the questions we've had, so you've got to be quick if you want to get your questions in for her to answer on the next episode about mohair. Also, thank, thank you to everyone who has got in touch thanking me for reminding them about the kid silk hairs in their stash and Indeed, encouraging them to get it out. I don't have any Rowan Kid Silk case in my stash, nor do I have any Debbie Bliss Party Angel or equivalent. But I have been having a good look through my sock yarns. I've been, I have got a bit of a de-stash ongoing on Ravelry. That doesn't contain any mohair containing yarns, unfortunately for you guys. But I do have quite a few yarns that have some mohair in, including a very cool... Uh, self stripe so I might cast those on they could be my moving socks perhaps not sure I've got two lots of that might knit some for Millie might knit him some I don't know not decided yet but as and when you do try your mohair yarns or indeed find some comedy uh, mohair in your stash somewhere or generally out in a boat then uh, snap a picture and send it to me I do love it I do love a bit of mohair banter it's all good fun so what have I got for you today? Well, I have an interview. The interviews appear to be very popular over summer. We've had a few episodes of just me blatting on, shall we say, and it's time to have some some friends into the studio. And this week, I'm delighted to welcome Rachel Coopy to the show. For those of you who are not familiar with Rachel, she is a British knitwear designer and the author of five books to date and counting. She's a big lover of socks, and socks is definitely one of her, her main things that she does. Having written three of her books on the subject of socks, and having collaborated 
most kind of famously with Joy of the Knitting Goddess, who is a UK indie designer, uh, indie dyer rather, for those of you that don't know. She's one of the kind of long-standing um, indie dyers and one of my personal favourites. She has also agreed to come onto the show, so I'll arrange that so you can chat to her in, in, in due course. But you can find her over at theknittinggoddess.co.uk in the meantime. But Rachel has collaborated with her for the past few years on uh, various themed sock clubs, annual sock clubs. She is going to be collaborating with Joy again this year, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes for you to go and check out, along with our very own Claire. So Claire, um, who was co-hosting the sock surgery, Claire Divine, is also going to be designing some socks for Joy. So if you're a fan of Claire's work, again, Joy's, Joy's your lady. Joy's the lady to speak to. Rachel is also a designer of accessories, particularly hats, and has designed for a number of other uh, UK indie dyers, such as Fiberspace and Kettle Yarn Company most recently, as well as a vast array of knitting magazines and publications worldwide. She's prolific in her designing. She's got 218 designs on Ravelry at the moment, and from the sounds of things during the interview, it's not going to be long before she's got even more designs on there. If you like socks with interesting texture, if you like socks that are kind of a fraternal pair where the design details are sort of fiddled with between one sock and the other in some clever way to make them more interesting, if you like a, a good colour work hat, then I defy you to, to find, not find anything within her back catalogue that you would love to knit. Um, she is a very uh, interesting and funny lady as well as I'm sure you'll hear during the interview. And settle yourselves down, get yourself some nice, a nice sock whip and a big steaming mug of tea. And we will crack on with the show. Rachel, thank you very much for agreeing to come onto the podcast. It's lovely to have you with us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So for those of you who aren't, for those of you, those of us who aren't familiar, as familiar with you, I clearly need a gin already. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about you as a person and about how you came to be interested in yarny pursuits? Um, I am um, a knitwear designer. Um, I live in Worcester in the United Kingdom. Um, I learned to knit when I was about four or five probably my grandma taught me I knit a lot of um garter stitch squares it didn't really have any purpose um but she used to knit a lot of um jumpers um for everybody in the family really um and I sort of took up knitting every time I went to stay with her I sort of rediscovered it and then um when I was about 16, I knit a very, very long, gar well, it wasn't all garter stitch. It probably would have been better if it was, but a very, very long scarf that rolled in on itself and um, was pretty much unwearable, but I've still got it. And then um, when I was about 20, 21, 22, I, kept, I um, rediscovered knitting. Um, and never really stopped <laughs> then um, and I've been designing knitwear for about eight years now oh super 
Um, I love that your granny taught you as well. It's awesome. <laughs> All the best people get taught by their grannies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mum's a very good knitter too, and she um, she helped me out along the way as well. But yeah, my earliest memories of knitting are definitely with my grandma. Lovely. So what was the tipping point then that turned an almost unwearable scarf and a hobby into more of a business venture? Um, I work, my degree is in, um, jewellery design. Um, so, uh, I was doing, doing jewellery design and, um, working as a jewellery designer and after I had my first child, it wasn't really, um, do, the commute wasn't really doable anymore. So I, I, I wasn't doing that anymore and, a lot of the skills that I learned being a jewelry designer were easily transferable to to knitwear design. So I I kind of just um, applied those principles to um, to my knitting, and um, I had um, an idea for a few sock patterns, and I approached um, Joy of the Knitting Goddess to see if she wanted to work. Um, with me on a club and she did and and um and we've been doing that ever since so I think next year will be our sixth year of that might be the seventh I'm not sure um so yeah that's how it that's how it started with an idea for a couple of a couple of sock patterns and then it went well so I said we could do a few more and then we haven't we've never really stopped since then yeah, I was just trying to think then when you were saying, and um, I got a load of the Discworld yeah. patterns and yarns, and I was trying to think what year that was, and it must have been like 2012. Um, was it or 2011 yeah. even? No, 2012, it must have been. It might have been a little bit earlier than that. Really? Uh, yeah, I wow. think that was the second year that we did. It might have been 2011. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, that was the second when we did the Discworld inspired ones. Those were the that was the second year, second full year of the sock club that we did. Wow! So yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> to release that stash. Yeah. <laughs> and you're doing one with her again this year, aren't you? Has she just yeah. announced that? Yeah, we're doing six. Um, I'm doing six patterns for her next year, um, and they are all inspired by Yorkshire. Um, she's based in Harrogate in Yorkshire and Rachel Atkinson um, is who writes the blog um, a life, a, My Life in Knitwear I think it is um, is doing um, recipes to go along with the patterns so that's really exciting too um, so yeah all the details for that I think you can find on the Knitting Goddess site Super. I will be putting a link in the show notes in the hope that everyone else buys them first and I don't have to succumb to the new range of Discworld colours she announced last week. Yes, yeah. Yeah, she's a very clever lady. She is. She's a very, very good dyer. One of my all-time favourites, definitely. So what does a typical day look like for you then, Rachel? Um, In a sort of perfect world, I sort of managed to get all the admin side of things done in the morning um or pack all the orders for books um and things and then um do more sort of knitting of samples and, and swatches and things in the afternoon so that's what I aim for whether that 
is actually what happens or not. <laughs> it does, does depend on what else is happening around me. But I try and um, do all my admin and answer my emails in the morning um, and then um, do the more creative side of things in the afternoon. Sometimes it doesn't um, work that way. If I'm on a deadline, I might knit all day, but otherwise, if there's a full email box, I might answer emails all day. <laughs> um, that's what I try and do. Can you tell us about your creative process then, talking about you kind of your design work in the afternoons and things? Can you talk us through your creative process when you design um, a new design? I probably usually start with a um, piece of paper and a pencil, um, whether it's drawing out a shape of something or how I want a pattern to look. Um, or I might start just doodling a chart, a cable chart or a lace chart. Um, and then once I think it might look okay when it's knitted, I'll um, do a swatch or sometimes if it's a sock pattern design, I'll just cast on the number of stitches I think is is going to work for the sock and and work a swatch in the round that might actually turn into not a swatch it might actually turn into the sock if you're lucky um I don't often start just start with the yarn um and nothing on the on the paper my brain doesn't really work that, like that so um yeah quite often I start with with sketching something out um, and then I might get as I'm sort of sketching, it might go off in a few different tangents. So I might end up with three or four different things to try when I pick up the yarn, um, or or things to come back to later. Um, yeah, so that's 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 how it works really. And then once you try and um, once you try and swatch it um or start knitting it um if you're lucky it might work for the first time more often than not you have to rip it out several times before you, you get something that you're happy with um but yeah mostly that's the way that's the way I do it I might look at um if I haven't got something particular in mind that I'm that I've thought about previously I might look at swatches that I've made before or, or go through old sketchbooks and have a look at stuff that might not have been knitted up yet um or have a look through some um I've got a few sort of reference books that aren't knitting books that are just books of pictures or um what I would call sort of coffee table books sort of big books full of pictures of architecture or art or sort of um natural history um that you can that you can look for sort of pleasing lines and and things like that was that do you think process driven by the way you approach jewelry design or has it changed when you move from jewelry design to knitwear design um i think yeah it's, it's probably the same process um and there's definitely, I think that there's definite similarities to the way that I work with knitting that I used to work when I used to work with jewellery. Um, I think um, the, the 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 designs that I do are all not all, but in the whole, usually quite small, quite intricate, and I think that probably um, comes from my background somewhat, probably. <laughs> 
And how did, has that changed? Because you've just brought out your own yarn line. Yeah. How was that different to designing knitwear when you were developing that yarn line? Um, it was different in that usually if I'm putting together a palette for a collection or a book, then I choose from um, existing yarns. And I might have an idea of a colour that I want and then I have to find it um, in somebody's yarn range. But to sit down and, and choose a range of colours yourself is something quite um, different to anything that I've ever done before. And it was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a scary thing to do. Um, and Jenny from Fiberspace helped me a lot because um, she's obviously done it before. And she was sort of there to stop me um, choosing... Uh, you know, seven out of ten of the colours to different shades of yellow. Because not everybody else yellow as much as me. Um, but, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping that I get to do more of it in the future. Um, but it was definitely, um, definitely different to anything I've ever done before. Oh, it sounds really interesting. And you do definitely need someone to kind of save you from your own taste in colours sometimes. <laughs> I reckon I would have looked like a toddler's paint box, definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely sometimes when you go to a yarn shop, you can see that the 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 owner or whoever's doing the buying leans in one direction as far as colours are concerned, and um, I think that's a very easy thing to do is to to think that you the colours that you really like are the colours that everybody really likes, and and um. It's not necessarily the case. Disappointingly. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should love yellow as much as I do, but sadly that isn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay then. So no journey's ever a smooth one and running a business has its ups and downs. Can you think about a time when things maybe didn't quite go to plan? What happened and what did you learn as a result of it? Um, I did um, the the book that I did with um, the Rowan Fine Art Yarn um, for Quail, which is for Quail, which is my only um, non self published book. Um, it wouldn't so much say it was a um, it wasn't it definitely wasn't a mistake, and and um, and they were great to work with, and I really enjoyed it. But it was very different to the way that I had worked before self-publishing books and have worked since self-publishing books. And I don't think I'd necessarily say I'll never um, do a book that isn't self-published, but I I feel like at this point I'm definitely more comfortable self-publishing um, and getting to make all the decisions. Um, so, yeah, I don't necessarily think that I would have done that differently, though. Um, I don't think a lot of the time I try not to think about things that you would do differently so much as okay I did that and this is that's this is what happened when I did that and maybe I in the future I should do it slightly differently and, th and my life will be a little bit easier <laughs> um, but yeah I try not to think too much about um, about not that I shouldn't have done things that I've done and, and just learn from things and move on. And I think that happens almost without you knowing that it's happened. Um, you know, you, you, you think 
about doing things slightly differently in the future. I don't know. I try to be, um, on the whole, quite a positive person and not think too much that things went wrong. Just think, hmm, that was interesting. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe I won't enjoy that if it happens again. <laughs> so I'll do something slightly different to stop it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, everyone kind of thinks, oh, well, I would love to be to work on a collection with a big yarn house and actually not everyone is suited to that and some people like to have more creative control or total creative control or an entire book of yellow socks of their own yeah over a project it's just part of your personality isn't it and trying it and thinking well actually I, I really like run, running my own show and doing it my own way yeah is, is a good thing to learn I think yeah and I I definitely yeah don't tempt me I, I'm you know too many people say you should do a book of entirely yellow socks I, then I totally think you should <laughs> I really do you know what if you look if you love yellow do a book of yellow socks it's only like these people who do all the gray stuff I never used to like gray until they all started going on about it <laughs> know, and do you know what I do love gray as well gray is, is one of my favorites but um 50 shades has just ruined it for me oh, <laughs> so yeah I can't, even, I can't even go there but um yeah maybe in the future you'll see a, a, an entire book of yellow socks that would that would be um maybe I'll put that on my you know in my 10-year plan <laughs> you heard it here first people <laughs> and as a complete aside what did you think of the Rowan Fine Art sock yarn to use because I was talking about sock yarns with mohair last week on the podcast and that was one of the bases I talked about yeah I love it I think it's great I think it's a really nice blend um I wasn't wild about the colours that they did originally um because they were all quite variegated and when you're doing sort of quite um complicated patterns um variegation like that can can be quite tricky and can hide a lot of the detail that you're um spending quite a lot of time putting in yeah um but the new solid colours that they've brought out now I think are great and I think it's a lovely yarn to knit with um and I think it's a really interesting blend and I think you know, putting mohair in, in, in sock yarn um, is a really good idea, adds strength. Um, so they're going to they're gonna be hard wearing. And that yarn um, was really lovely to knit with. You know, it made lovely socks and, and, and other things as well. It was, it's great for shawls. Uh, it's got a lovely drape um, and great stitch definition. So I think the new solid colours... Um, that they that they've just that they bought out a few months ago I think um yeah they're right up my alley I've got a few skeins <laughs> <laughs> all yellow <laughs> I don't know if there is a yellow actually but they've got a really lovely green um which is sort of a close favorite a close uh, second to my um favorite yellow and there's there's a really nice blue I think um and a grey. <laughs> That's a nice grey, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but yeah, I really like it as a sock yarn. I think it's a great. Um, I think it's got a bit of silk in it as well, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Really nice. Super. I've just had this random idea about how you're going to publish your yellow socked book. And on one side, it'll be all yellow versions. And then yeah. you know like when you get those books and it's a different language when you turn it over? Oh, yeah. But it'll all be grey 
Same socks, yeah. just grey. Well, grey and yellow is a great combination. <laughs> so is. maybe, um, maybe that's. There you go. You can have that for free. Yeah. <laughs> if I do it, I'll I'll give you a credit in the, in the acknowledgements. <laughs> You're a superstar, thank you. Um, so taking it from my random rabbit hole there and uh, a learning experience and up to the high point of your journey, what has that been, that big kind of massive, amazing, I can't believe this happened point so far? I don't, uh, pr Every day I think that I'm really lucky to do what I do, to, to do, um, you know, to have a job that I really love. Um, I, love going to, I love going to shows and meeting people um sometimes I get to meet like other designers and people that I think are really great and they actually know who I am and that's pretty amazing um yeah just when people sort of um see me at shows or at events and they they're wearing a pair of socks that I've designed that's always great um I was having breakfast the other day and in a cafe and somebody came up to me and um showed me their socks but <laughs> Do it like. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Probably was quite weird to a lot of other people that were eating in the cafe, but um, I think it's. I really enjoy it when that happens. That's one of my favourite things. So, yeah, if you're if you're coming to see me, then show me some socks. I always um, always really enjoy that. Um, or hats or anything else. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, even when I'm having a terrible day um, and, you know, nothing's going right and um, I'm generally in a bad mood, which doesn't actually happen that often, but sometimes when I have a bad, when I'm, you know, whatever the saying is, when she was good, she was very, very good. And when she was bad, she was awful. Um, yeah, if I'm in a bad mood, it's, it's pretty awful. And um, I still think, you know, how incredibly lucky I am to, to do what I love every day and I know a lot of people um don't get to do that and I and I I do really appreciate anybody who supports me and and enables you know and helps me um to be able to do that so yeah no I can't think of one huge moment where I was really really happy but I am really really happy most days <laughs> That's got to be a good thing, surely. <laughs> well, I'd like to think so, yeah. So what one thing that you know now then, did you wish you had known when you picked up the first ball of yarn? Huh. Um, that I wish I'd have known that it, um, none of it is permanent. So you can make as many mistakes as you like and and redo it and I think that's something that I've learned over the last few years um that I don't that I think we should tell more beginner knitters that it doesn't matter if they make mistakes um and also I think that um things aren't always as hard as you think they're going to be and we shouldn't attach a lot of difficulty to certain techniques because I think people get put off. People get an idea in their head that a particular technique is very, very difficult, and so they don't they 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 put off trying it, or they um, don't um, they avoid it for a long time. And I think um, 
knitting is just knits and pearls and variations on knits and pearls and a lot and it's really really fascinating to me what people find difficult or what people think is difficult um because it's always different things so you'll meet somebody who'll think lace is really tricky but they've got absolutely no problems doing really intricate cables and the other way around people who think cabling is really um complicated but they'll knit amazing lace shawls um and then short rows is another one and I think the thing is with short rows they're quite difficult to explain verbally a lot simpler to to do um and stranded color work when I came back to knitting I didn't um realize that a lot of people thought stranded color work was quite tricky so I I think the second project that I did was a a pair of stranded hand warmers just because I ordered some wool and the pa- they sent a pattern along with it for these stranded um, arm warmers and I just thought okay well I'll do that next then and and then I've met amazing knitters who've been knitting for years and years and years who've all, always thought that stranded colour work is is difficult and, and complicated and that they couldn't possibly manage it so I would yeah I would encourage people just to give things a go and I've learned that nothing is is complicated as is as complicated as you think it is it's all doable you can do anything that you want to do in knitting and crochet I've just learned to crochet and, and um got a newfound respect for what it's like to be a beginner at something <laughs> because um I'm really not um competent or comfortable doing it but um I really love doing it I think it's it's um really amazing and can be really beautiful and um and it's great to do something involving yarn that isn't work (laughs) because knitting always turns into work no I think you're definitely right in terms of the it's almost like urban myths for knitters it's that oh I couldn't possibly do steaking that's horrendously difficult and scary and yeah beaded knitting I'm and and I'm very much a kind of person that goes just just have a go at it really how hard you think it is in your head it's really you get then you got is that it yeah and I think I think we sort of pick up cues from all over the place so you know people might you might overhear somebody saying it's difficult or somebody you know in your group of friends or in your knitting group might say oh yeah and and I think things get passed along like that and the idea that certain things are difficult um gets passed along as well and and I I think we should all be a little bit more adventurous um because what's the worst that can happen you just have to un unknit it and wind it back into a ball and and try again I'm not saying that everybody should enjoy every technique but I think um everybody should give if they want to do something or they think they might like to do it then they should um give it a go <laughs> yeah definitely and sometimes it's just about knowing the right little cheats and the right little kind of workarounds and once you know those like once you discover the, the power of a lifeline and stitch markers yeah. in lace knitting you're fine and I mean, I looked at that in my very first lace project, so I was like, why is everyone moaning about this? It can't be that hard. But if they don't know about it, I bet yeah. it is hard. I bet it is yeah. really hard. <laughs> yeah. So it's just about knowing the cheats as well, I think. Yeah. Desert Island skeins, then. 
if you were going to be marooned on a desert island, and we're assuming that you know you're going to be marooned because we're going to pack, plan to pack some yarn, um, if you could only take one skein or ball of yarn with you, which one would you take and why? Oh, um, maybe one skein. One skein. Um, okay. Or ball. Or ball. Okay. Mm, probably ball miser then because it comes in 150 grams. <laughs> Skates. I like <laughs> so you get more um so you probably squeeze two pairs of socks out of one skein if you were a little bit careful so probably yeah I'd take a skein of Wallmiser sock the twin I think is the one with nylon in I think I'd take that good choice I'm loving your work there <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite or your go-to resource for yarn craft or for business that you couldn't do without um well I've just from from a business point of view I've just started using zero for my to do my accounting and that's making my life a lot easier um as far as invoicing and keeping track of invoices and keeping track of uh, payments and bills and things like that so I would recommend and I know there are other sort of accounting programs out there that are quite that will do a similar thing so but I would say if you're um doing your own accounts then or you're you want to keep track of your own accounts then some sort of software like that is probably a good idea um saves a lot of time um as far as knitting go um there are still there are some blogs that i that i sort of read every every time um they're updated. Um, I, Rachel Atkinson's Life in Knitwear One is one of my favourites. Um, Kate Davies' blog is brilliant and um, and amazing, and she takes great photos and writes extremely well. Um, and the Yarn Harlot. Um, she's funny, eh? She's great. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, and I think probably hers is the blog that I've been reading the longest. Um, yeah, she's great. And Clara Parks also writes really beautiful um, posts, but also books. like Clara Parks' books, I think, are um, are really, really lovely. And like, almost like um, the closest that, that you can come to having a conversation in written form. I don't know. It, She's got a very approachable way of writing, I think, that that makes you feel like you're actually sat talking to her. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's, yeah, those are the things that I would say. Lovely. I'll put some links to those in the show notes. And um, for the listeners, so where can the listeners find you? Where's the best place to come looking for you on the internet or in real life if they have some socks they'd like to show you? Um the um my website is www.coopnits.co.uk and that has links to my blog and my shop and um you can quite often find me on twitter and instagram as coopnits on both those places um i really like instagram it's like i feel like it's like little tiny mini blogs um when i post um in 
person. I don't think I've got um, anything for the rest of the show. I'll be at Unravel in Farnham in February. Um, and the, at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. So if you're going to either of those places next year, then please come and show me your socks. <laughs> Super. I'm going to have to knit some now. I've got a cuff knitted of some octarine socks and that's it. Oh, I so love got, that one. No, no, I've got till next year. <laughs> Should be fine. Um, lovely. So do you have any uh, words of advice for those who would like to get into the knitting industry? Um... I don't know really. Um <laughs> that's probably the hardest question I've ever been asked. Um just yeah, I mean it's 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 a difficult it's a difficult thing to do. I think it's more difficult now than it was when I started. Um but I think if you sort of work hard and um yeah if you talk to people you know build up relationships with um customers and and knitters then um yeah i mean that's really that's really tricky because i don't think it i don't think there's a sort of i think it's like anything you know you just have to sort of find your way and um there's no sort of it's it's not a, there's no one size fits all approach to it really a lot of people have a lot of different approaches and and a lot of people run very different a lot of knitwear designers run very different businesses and have very different um approaches to it and I don't think there's necessarily one wrong or or right way of of doing it um but I would just say be yourself I think yeah don't try um don't try and fit into yours or or anybody else's model of what of what you think um you should you should do and just I I hate to use the word authentic because it's so overused (laughs) and so overused and um kind of feels like marketing speak but I, I I do think probably yeah be yourself would be my best piece of advice <laughs> it's good advice a lot of people say just be yourself do it your own way don't yeah. try and be what everyone else you think everyone else wants you to be yeah and I think another part of that is is to not worry too much about what other people are doing um yeah definitely <laughs> yeah and and do and do what you want to do and not what you think you should be doing because other people are doing it because everybody's going to do it a different way. And, and, and like I say, that there isn't one right way and one wrong way to do it. And I think it's very easy to get sort of caught up in, in looking at what other people um, are doing and, and all that, t- and the time that you spend doing that, you could be doing something a lot more productive. yeah it's absolutely true it's absolutely true it doesn't do your confidence any good if you're just going to sit there worrying thinking oh well maybe I should be doing that instead it's just carve your own path yeah and I think you know 
everybody's people's everybody's success in this industry makes us all stronger I don't think um you know just because somebody else they haven't taken that success there isn't a sort of a, a finite amount of success to share around I think um yeah I think just at the risk of sounding cliche you do you <laughs> and um yeah don't worry too much about what everyone else is doing sound advice so <laughs> let's get excited then what is next for you what's come what can we look forward to that's going to come from Koopnitz okay um so the next book that I do will be a sock book with my new yarns um and I'm working on that at the moment and I'm quite excited about it I hope everyone else will like it that's one of the worst things about doing what I do is that you look at things for a long time before other people get to see them and you can do a lot of worrying about things in that time but um yeah so the next thing that I next book that I do will be a sock book using my my yarn and and that will be early next year so early 2016 so that will be um exciting um and I'm also working on a project with John Arburn with their sock yarns um which will probably happen before that actually so that will be the the very next thing um they've got a couple of great sock yarns um and we're working on doing a few patterns for their yarn so um, yeah, that will be probably even earlier in the new year. Oh, wow, you're a busy lady. Because <laughs> you, you've only just put, sent out Toasty Cheap, yeah. haven't you? It's, I'm that's yeah. still quite new. It is, but but it. The, I was working on that a long time ago. It, the, there's a time delay, in, not a time delay, but... When a book comes out, I've been working, or I was working on those designs maybe up to a year in advance. So, um, yeah, I have to remember to talk about it because in my head that's really old, <laughs> but it's not, it's brand new. Um, yeah, it's just come out. So, yeah, if you want to um, have a look at that, all the details of that are on my website. But that's a collection of hats and um, accessories using Baramu Titus um, yarn, which I love. Um, so yeah, that's um, yeah, that's just come out. So that'll be um, hopefully people will be knitting hats and and mittens and cowls to keep themselves warm, just as it starts to get cold now. I think in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I think there was. I did mention it in the a couple of episodes to get a go from Yarndale. Yes. Um, the book we, so we've definitely linked to that before mentioned it but i will link to it again obviously yeah. in the spirit of true enabling <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we launched it at yarndale yarndale's a great show i really enjoy it um and it's great to have something new um to show people when you go to shows like that it's really really good fun Oh, lovely. Well, thank you very much for agreeing to come onto the show, Rachel. Oh, you're welcome. It's lovely to have you.
So a big thank you to Rachel for coming on for that interview and it does stop a little bit abruptly because we recorded a little bit more audio about socks in particular which I will be putting in next week's episode and Rachel and I will be discussing uh, knitting socks for men and men who knit socks and some ideas and thoughts around that which was really good fun and that will be coming next week but in the meantime Rachel would like you all to be toasty as it's going to get cold reasonably soon especially if you're in the northern hemisphere if you're in the southern hemisphere you know sit easy you're fine you're gonna be nice and warm and um she's very kindly offered a copy of toasty volume 2 as a giveaway prize so if you would like to win a copy of this go over to the group on ravelry and leave a comment in the giveaway thread for this episode saying which of the accessories slash hats from toasty2 you would like to knit first and we will close entries on that in two weeks today so that'll be the 10th of november at midnight we will close entries on that so to win a copy of toasty volume 2 head over to ravelry and i'll put a link in the show notes but for those of you who don't read the show notes the group is shiny bees podcast so i'm afraid that is all we have time for for this week just before we go um i wanted to say thank you to those of you that have already filled in the listener survey uh, particularly those of you who i was able to recognize who had actually answered said survey from their answers um including the one that said i wasn't that funny <laughs> which i thought was hilarious and uh, <laughs> and the one who asked for cake just more cake in general cake just cake to those the answer to most questions and I, i'm totally on board with that you know what is life if you can't have a little bit more cake so thank you to those of you that have taken the time to um fill in that survey for me i'm just trying to figure out what kind of stuff you guys are going to want for next year or if there's any gaps in what i am offering to you in terms of content or what other things you would like around the podcast and if there is interest in some kind of separate business style offering or tips on on kind of productivity and all that kind of exciting jazz stuff that I do when I'm not podcasting um, with other people it occurred to me that some of you guys might want some of that really um and it's just thinking about where we can go next year and how the podcast can grow and improve on what we've already got so far i've got loads of ideas you've all the answers that i've had so far have been really really helpful so thank you very much for that and of course for everyone that does uh, fill in the survey i'll put you into a random draw with the random number generator of good fortune which isn't entirely random because it is a computer but is as close to random as you can get on the internet um to win uh, a couple of prizes i've got a copy of um is it scrumptious knits tidied it away it's normally out on the side at uh, the carol fella collection for fiber space got a copy of that to give away i'll find some bits of yarn and some other stuff um to to throw in there as well so uh, you can find a link to that in the show notes and um pop over it's a google form and just uh, just crack on really and let me know what you think so all that's left for me to say then is I hope you all have a really lovely week happy crafting and I will next time I speak to you properly live 
on the day will be sometime in late November. All of the other podcast episodes are lined up ready to go. So it'll feel like quite a long time. So I will speak to you all again soon. Bye. to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so via the blog or i'm shiny bees on ravelry instagram twitter pinterest and facebook you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com music for this episode is provided by a music alley and it is adam and the water boys and i need a drink i need a drink